I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Big Pooh, what's happening? What's happening? Good, good to be here on the... I don't know what it's like outside, but it's lovely inside. It's, it's a lovely Monday inside. It's still, it's still nice outside. And uh, from the Trapper Dive podcast, we've got Dre and Jamal. Fellas, what's happening? What's going on, Big Dutch? got it. What's going on, boys, um, man? It was uh, an interesting week of football. It's always nice to uh, be able to relax the Thursday game we'll get into. Uh, Pooh, what did you find interesting from uh, from a Sunday not having to watch the game? It was relaxing, man. Um, we were just talking about it before we, before we hit uh, record. But it was just relaxing knowing that you didn't have to stress out over your team on Sunday. Um, you know, I mean, I play fantasy football and I get on my DraftKings a little bit. So, you know, you got you got them stresses, but it's not the same. <laughs> um, so it was relaxing, man. I, I did notice because I'm a red zone guy when my team isn't on. But it was a lot of sloppy football being played this weekend. Um, but other than that, man, it was it ended on a high note with the Sunday night game. That was a good game, uh, you know, for everybody but the Chiefs and Chief fans. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool weekend, man. I enjoyed it. It was like – it was like getting that extra slice of piece of cake uh, where, you know, you didn't feel guilty eating it because you worked out already <laughs> earlier in the week. So Cheat day, cheat day accepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cheat day accepted. You know, so I felt like the rock, you know what I'm saying, with my, with my cheat meal. So it was, it was cool. It was, a, it was a cool Sunday. Probably won't have too many of these, but it was a cool Sunday. Jamal, what stood out to you from, a, uh, from this weekend? Uh, oh, um, or to piggyback off of Pooh, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think it was it was pretty good in the in a sense of uh, you just finally get to to relax. Like your game was already played on Thursday, win or lose, you you going in there because you you're a fan of fan of football. And uh, for me, you know, I uh, I turned into to quite a few games. I think the one that stood out to me the most was that that uh Tennessee and, and Seattle game. Um, not only the fact that. Not only the fact that I had Tennessee plus the five and a half, just seeing how the game unfolded in in, in Seattle blowing a, a lead in, in which they they, they t- Tennessee's defense really couldn't stop them, and they still found a way to lose. So um, it was it was it was a long it was a long day, a lot of football. Uh, but that Tennessee game was good, and, and obviously that uh, late night game with the the Ravens and the Chiefs uh, was wild. Um, but it's kind of crazy. Like matter of fact, now that I think about it. Every single primetime game, excluding the Sunday night opener with the um the the Lions, excuse me, the Rams and the the Bears. Every single primetime game has been incredible so far. So I hope they keep it up tonight. Uh, betting on the Lions, I, was, I don't know, but I was just gonna say that the primetime games have been incredible. Uh, not looking forward to the Lions necessarily. Uh, Dre, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, man. Uh, as both of the fellas said, <laughs> just the Best thing about this weekend was the most stressful part was fantasy football. I mean, you know, I'm, I went one 
and two, I think won my three leagues. So that was the most stressful thing. But other than that, like surprising, I have to say, um, I watched a lot of games. The one o'clock games were really bad for the most part. The four o'clock games were very entertaining. Of course, the night game, but the most, the biggest surprise for me was that Raiders team. Like I, I, I didn't know what to make of them last week after the Monday night game against the Ravens. I said, okay, that was an emotional game to open up the season. So I said, okay, they're going to Pittsburgh at a one o'clock game, which West Coast teams usually usually struggle with. So in my opinion, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to probably lose to the Steelers team. That defense is great up there uh, in Pittsburgh, but. Oakland just looked like they dominated them for most of the game. I mean, they look like a legit team. And I got to say, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, it didn't take them, what, what, two or three years to get the Raiders back to respectability, and they look legit. And, and it's crazy about that Raiders team because if you look at it, they've missed on all kinds of first-round picks and aren't even getting any kind of playing time, just healthy scratches. But uh, Gruden can coach. He always has. People are starting to get worried about them. The other thing I thought was interesting, man, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are lighting the league up right now. It's only two games, but uh, he's better than I expected. And I think that's probably an odd statement because I expected him to be pretty good. But they're putting up points. you got to score in the league. You've you got to be able to put up points now. Uh, are you just now finding out about that uh, that wrestling show? On the, oh, the dark side of the ring, yes. Yeah. Uh, I stumbled across it. I stumbled across it last night. Um, I, I finished watching uh, the Lulu Lula Rich documentary um, about the Lula Row clothing scam empire, and uh, I was just looking for something to watch, and I stumbled across it. And I don't watch wrestling now, but back in the eighties early 90s you know to the mid 90s to about when I got went to college in 98 I watched wrestling so I'm familiar with a lot of the 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 people that they're talking about in them episodes and and so I just I saw Ron uh Macho Man Randy Savage was the first one from season one and I was locked like come on Macho Man the one on Jake the Snake Roberts and his family the other day you haven't seen that one it's no I've only seen three I've seen the, the Macho Man and Elizabeth uh the the Bret Hart one just watch that one and then the um oh man what was that other dude name it was a dude I had never heard of um where they killed him in Puerto Rico he got oh, killed man. in Puerto Rico yeah uh so th- those are the only check three. that out you got you gotta do it you gotta do it man dark side of the ring it's on Sorry. Hulu it's commercial free <laughs> that's where you want to be with it you gotta watch that because these these sound like all my wrestling heroes I I stopped watching wrestling in like 97, like 98, like you, Pooh. Mm-hmm. But I was hardcore, man. I used to have a wrestling uh, coloring books, to all of the little wrestling action figures. I would make them fight. I would make them go to the movies and do all kind of wild stuff on them back in the days, man. This where you want to be at then, man. I'm trying to tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to – I mean, I got stuff to do, but I'm ready to get back into it and just start watching episodes <laughs> today. <laughs> well, there, uh, there was a game, uh, believe it or not, the uh, Washington football team won that game. It's hard to tell if you are on social media. So we did this, and Jamal, I'll start with you. I, I asked each of you to come up with a word that best describes where you feel we're at after two games. Oh, um, yeah, I saw that. And even afterwards, I still I still struggled coming up with one word. Um, and uh, where we're at, if you can find a thousand variations of the word inconsistent, just use it. 
<laughs> just stupid. Um, and just a quick explanation. I just don't the, the way the offense has been playing. Um, I mean, you're we're lucky to be in the games that we were. Uh, from just from an overall standpoint of uh, not necessarily expecting the defense to to play as poorly as they've been playing. Um, so so inconsistent in the sense that the offense has uh, rose to the occasion to help our defense out, but at the same time, um, the defense has done what they could in moments <laughs> uh, to to actually help our offense out. Like for example, that the opening drives with the the Giants and the Chargers. Um, obviously, both teams did what they wanted, um, and and you know you never really anticipate that with a defense that you expected to be a people expected to be a top ten unit. Um, right now, I think they're. If I had to look, matter of fact, yeah, they are. Um, twenty fourth right now in the NFL. Um, and and I mean, obviously, two games in, that's not where you want to be. But at the same time, uh, the two drives against the the, the Giants and the Chargers, the openers were poor. But then at the same time, they came back. Um, and, and kept the offense in it when they were struggling to even get a first down. I think the, the first two drives against the Giants were two three and outs. Um, there was multiple three and outs against the Chargers. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, multiple three and outs against the Chargers. Um, and, and inconsistent is the is the word or a variation of that word. Uh, but that's that's kind of where I'm at with them, man. So until they can find where they are, I don't think anything's – until they can find their identity, I don't think anything's going to change right now. Dre, what you got for us? guess for me, I would say anxious. And that's because that's how I've been feeling before each of these games that started this season, like the Chargers game. You know, you had that anxiety of the new season starting. You don't know what to expect. I mean, you kind of got an idea or you think you know what you, your team may uh, be strong at. But coming out of that game, we had an injury to the starting quarterback. We had uh, Taylor Heineke being named starter um, again. Uh, for the second time in his career. Then you had the defense that looked pretty bad that you thought was going to be pretty good going in. So you were anxious going into the Thursday night game against the Giants because you're like, what's going to be the outcome of this season? And I felt like that Giants game was going to tell you a lot. Like if you go in there and you lose that game, you're probably going to be dejected and you don't see much, you don't have much expectations at all for the rest of the season. But then you go in and you win that game and it's back to, oh, okay, can we still compete for this division? We're right there. So Going into this week, again, I'm anxious because now we're playing against a Buffalo team. And for a lot of people, they kind of think that Taylor Heineke, he has a lot to prove in this game. Like, I mean, is he going to give, is he going to be the guy we've been seeing over his past few starts or will he come back down to earth? So I'm anxious for that because I feel like his performance is going to dictate a lot. Like, if he goes into Buffalo and do what he did last week, then you're going to start, people are going to really have to stop dismissing this guy as your uh, starting quarterback. So, and if he does it, then it's like, oh, you're still going to have the questions. So right now, I'm just anxious to see how we move forward again. Befuddled. That's my word. <laughs> Befuddled. Yeah, it's – so on the offensive side of the ball, I'm I'm wondering how do we keep having uh, quarterback musical chairs? Um, and, and it's for a variation of reasons. So it's not – you know, people always, oh, man, because y'all don't have the – you know, the, the, the starting quarterback of the future and, and all, like, no, like these are crazy. Like Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hit on what looked like a typical hard hit and his hip came out of, out of socket. Like, <laughs> like what? So just going through so many quarterbacks and, and I, I read somewhere it was like, we've had like 10 starters since RG three or something like that. Um, which is insane. So you, you you have the quarterback conundrum, 
You have the offensive line isn't jailed completely. Um, it's a whole lot of leaks in that line. It's, it's almost like they're getting used to playing with each other. Um, and then, of course, you have a rookie at right tackle who's getting abused these first two games. And then you have the defense where you have miscommunication in the secondary, which keep allowing big plays. Then you have lack of discipline on the front and in the linebackers, which are allowing big plays like uh, Daniel Jones running for 50 something, scampering for 50 something yards off of a lack of discipline on the edge. So I, it's just, I'm just like, yo, what is going on here? Like, were you guys not ready to start the season? How did the defense, we added some players. We didn't lose anybody that really, like we lost Ronald Darby, but gained William Jackson. Like that's an upgrade, but the defense looks worse. Like it looks so much worse. And this is, it's one of the things where you hope you keep hoping. Okay. The light's gonna, gonna switch. Something's gonna switch on and they're gonna become the dominant defense that they were for most of last season. But right now you're just praying like, please just be the bend don't break defense. Like, between the 20s, let them get whatever they want. But when we get to the 20s, please, like, hold them, hold them. So it's it's just befuddling how this team – I mean, obviously they were ready to play, but in a lot of ways they don't look like they were ready to go for the regular season. Terry is lacking purpose or a plan. Uh, and that's it. That's it. I, I don't – I'm not sure I get what the plan is on offense – I'm not sure what I if I get what the plan is on defense. Um, it was supposed to be, you know, attack the quarterback or stopping the run while on, on your way to the quarterback. They don't have any shot of doing that. Dan, to your point, Daniel Jones ran for 95 yards. 95 by himself. I don't understand how, how you do that when when it's the line that's supposed to be so good. They, they refuse to address linebacker, even though we all knew. I mean, they let KPO go. He was no world beater, but he was decent last year. Now, maybe that's because they think they can do that with just anybody. I'm not sure that it's shown yet. Jamin Davis is looking better, but maybe middle linebacker is the hardest position to transfer to. So they have uh, they have decided to let this team be young. Ron has said that they played young. The teams under Ron technically and usually get better as the year goes on. So we'll see. We need them to do that. Uh, this will be the first away start for Heineke. Uh, he has been excellent. Jamal, what do we need out of him on Sunday to beat what is a really good Bills team? Oh, man. I, so I think throughout the week, um, it was at some point somebody asked the question. I think it was a poll. Um, and I may butcher the, the, the options, but essentially the, the poll was pointing to this question. If we were fans of another team uh all four of us and we looked at taylor heineke as the quarterback that we're playing up that we're playing that particular week what would be the perception of taylor heineke from an outsider's perspective if you had to put yourself in that box um i forget the four options but my response was just this simple um right now nobody's really scared of heineke the league has seen a thousand heineke's before um they've seen these guys with potential 
They've seen these guys show flashes in the pan. They've seen these guys do X, Y, Z in the spots that he's played in. Um, and as you prepare for a quarterback like that, I'm not sitting here saying that Heineke is that same that same stigma or that same perception, percept, perceived player. But at the same time, uh, Heineke can, has to continue to show that he's more than that. And when you go against a Buffalo team that's going to be really good at – I mean, they're good regardless, but when you go to Orchard Park and you play against – Buffalo at their home stadium, which is really hard to play with just because they have that energetic and wired fan base. People that's going to be on you from snap one to the last snap. Uh, Heineke has to still play under control. The same under control individual that he played when he was at home against Tampa, when he was at home against the uh, Panthers, and then when he was at home against the Chargers and this year uh, the Giants. He has to continue to play under control. He's He's been taking a lot of the uh, a lot of the spaces and, and areas that the defense has given him to this point. Um, he's proved that he can throw inside and outside of the pocket. He can make plays on both aspects. But at the same time, um, you can't get outside of character. And I think that's the most important thing that he's been able to do uh, under Scott Turner is that he understands the system. He knows where people are supposed to be. For example, Adam Humphreys last week, he had a big game uh, for his position, a slot position. But at the same time, he was down. He was at. He was there for Heineke's checkdowns. He was there on the bubble screens. He was there for a lot of uh, areas in which, if Heineke couldn't see somebody downfield, he's going to go to Adam Humphreys. Um, and finding those outlets is really important for for a guy, especially on the road too, where you're going to have that hostile environment. Um, you don't want to psych yourself out. You want to stick to what you know best um, and continue doing that. So I think the biggest key for him is just staying in his lane. And understanding that the you can still move the ball without having to go for the juggler every single time, and that's exactly what Heineke's done to this point. We'll see if he can do it on the road. Um, I got faith that he'll stay within the game plan. He definitely. It was noticeable. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but he not many rushes if he rushed at all. He, he stayed in the pocket, which is not his normal mo. I wonder if the coaching staff said, "Hey, don't forget, kid. This is your shot here. Don't you know." Don't blow it. The, re- the only reason you don't have this job before is because he couldn't stay healthy. Uh, he looked good in the pocket. He looked better than I expected. I think he's cognizant of the fact that he's a small, smaller guy and, you know, injuries. Um, you know, he bulked up over the over the offseason to try to prevent um, more, more nicks and bruises. So I think that was part of it. Uh, you know, as a quarterback, you're the orchestrator, man, like, you're not Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, just dump that thing off to the playmakers and let them let them play. Uh, going to Buffalo, my concern is Scott Turner. Um, he did something not many people were talking about after the game. Yes, Heineke threw that interception, but why was he even throwing the ball? Uh, they have ran. They had just ran two run plays. The first one was for like eleven or twelve yards to get from the back of the get from the end zone line. The second one was for like five or six yards. You were making them burn timeouts. You were burning clock. Why were you throwing the ball? What was the point? I was surprised by that too. Like run the ball. Like uh Gibson was actually running the ball pretty decent that game. But Tyler Tyler still threw the ball. I don't know how many times he threw the ball. Too much in my opinion. And it's like you you have a run game. This goes to your point, Doug. It's like, what is the plan on offense? Like, what is the plan here? You have a running back that can actually run the ball. Your offensive line has your quarterback under pressure, even though he wasn't really sacked. He was still under pressure. You're down 
you're up one or up whatever they was up in this the end of the game yeah. run the ball like and scott just had he called a pass play so i'm i'm still this is this is the stuff people talked about last year with scott turner like what kind of coordinator is he or will he be and i think he's still learning certain nuances on the fly because he's a pretty you know young offensive uh, coordinator calling plays but it's like y'all you have to create an identity you're going on the road you're going into these tough stadiums orchard park is very tough the bills are very good you have to have a game plan so um i'm interested in in scott turner's game plan when you have a a, a quarterback that you didn't anticipate playing at this point in the season. You're missing one of your your biggest offseason signing on offense, and you have an offensive line that's still gelling. What are you going to do in, t- in, in, in Buffalo when that crowd's going crazy, that defense going crazy? What kind of game plan are you going to have for Buffalo? So I'm, I'm definitely – that's as we look forward – to next week. That's definitely what I'm thinking about. Seven catches for 44 yards for Pumpkins. So, not a huge day. Uh, Dre, I got to give you props. You were the first one when I came on with y'all to put me on to DeAndre Carter. He looks good back there. He looks better than anything we've had in a long time. I wish he'd stop getting pissed off every time the ball goes out of the back of the end zone on kickoffs. Yeah, that, that one frustrated me a little bit, but it looks good. What does he need to be more successful? Uh, well, I think on special teams, you already kind of see what he can do. Like on special teams, he's a guy, um, he knows what he wants to do. He's very decisive, which is something we haven't really had too much of of guys here in the past. Like a lot of guys, they either didn't know if they want to fair catch it most of the time or they didn't know if they just wanted to go east or west, but they rarely went north and south. So with him, you see him always pushing the ball up, and he also has the quickness to get by guys as well. But offensively, I've noticed he's been a part. They're, they're starting to slowly put him in more packages. Like last week, I think we seen him on a handoff uh, from the line of scrimmage. And then um, there were, there was a couple of plays, and a lot of people were kind of pissed early in the game. I think on Heineke's pass to Dayami Brown, where he threw it high, Dayami caught it, but streaking up the middle of the field wide open was DeAndre Carter, which would have been a touchdown had Heineke seen him. But so um, – I think offensively, I would love to see him start to get more of those Curtis Samuel packages until Curtis Samuel gets back because he looks very explosive. Like you can put this guy in and maybe get him on a deep pass or maybe start giving him some catches out of the backfield on some bubble screens or something. So I look for him to get more involved offensively. But as far as special team wise, I love my guy getting mad that he hasn't returned it because he feel like he can make a play. You know, um, I want my guys to feel like they can always make a play every time they touch the ball. So special teams wise, I've been more than impressed with him. Jamal, they were running a ton of the five-man front. I was hoping that they would do that. We've talked about that in the past. They still really didn't get to the uh, quarterback very effectively. What are we doing here on defense? They, the scheme last year worked. I'm surprised that they tinkered with it this year. Are you? Um, I'm not surprised that they tinkered with it. I think what, they, what they've come to realize um, is that the – when you when you get good pieces or solid pieces around around your front seven, meaning like your secondary, you can kind of you can kind of make some alterations uh, with the people that you utilize up front. If you have five five defensive linemen, um, in my opinion, I feel like you can utilize two, maybe I mean obviously two, but uh, maybe three safeties 
um, and, and you kind of try to figure out what you want to do from there. Uh, as far as the pressure thing is going, um, it's rough. Uh, so like Chase Young had either two or three pressures from either next gen or pro football focus that it was either one of those two where he was recorded as two or three pressures um obviously there was other other linemen like um jonathan allen who, who did really good with the pressures and stuff like that um monte Sweat had a couple uh and i mean the pressure is getting there against the giants um but the thing is it's supposed to get there and surprisingly you have 47 percent of 47 percent pressures and the expectations coming into that game was this defensive line should be dominating the giants um, especially with the injuries that they had. So I would have expected it a little bit more. Um, honestly, I would have expected over 50% of the pressures. Um, but they Giants did a good job adjusting in the second half. Um, the first half is where I think Washington really made their money's worth or got their money's worth. But um, this this pass rush is kind of, I mean, it's there, but it ain't. Um, and and that's, not, that's not necessarily a good thing because it should be undoubtedly there uh, with the talent that they have up front. And in the run game, these guys are just getting out of position. Um, there's a lot of, like, I've seen Chase Young. I watched the game probably about an hour ago just to catch up. Um, and, and Chase Young, well, I rewatched the game, but uh, Chase Young's out of position um, in, the run, in the run fits. Uh, I don't know exactly. I mean, when you're trying to get to the quarterback, that's all you're really focusing on. <laughs> but at the same time, when you get out of your run fits, um, what are they going to do? Like, Saquon's good enough to find that hole. Um, and when you find the when you get against the better running backs, they're going to keep doing that and stuff like that. Or when you get out of position, it makes the job easier for the linemen too. Like they're they're going to use your aggressiveness against you. Um, and I'm using Chase Young as the basic example, but he wasn't the only one doing it. Um, there was a few people who were just out of position in the run fits. Um, and on top of that, we're talking about the linebackers here too, who's played their role in the run game and it hasn't been good. Uh, but but yes, uh, that front five. I don't have a problem with that five front. Five man front. It didn't really surprise me because uh, they were going to tinker with it and try and get these guys on the field. But um, people just have to do their job. And, and Ron harped on that multiple times after the Chargers and after the Giants game. Man, it's a problem. Definitely. Real quick, my bad. It's interesting you say that because I had rewatched the game this morning myself. And, and I don't know if it's the same play that you were talking about, but late in the third, or I think it was in the middle of fourth quarter, maybe the Giants are driving. And Chase Young is so busy trying to smash the original guy he gets in contact with that he doesn't even realize that Saquon's right next to him. Uh, over aggression, maybe. My bad, Pooh. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's all good. Now, I was going to just, just, just double back on what Jamal was saying. <clears throat> the defensive line, if, if you noticed so far, well, first, the Chargers had an excellent game plan. Uh, Herbert was getting that ball out so fast. <laughs> like, all they, they might they should have been working on putting their hands up versus trying to get to the quarterback because that's how fast he was delivering that ball. But the defense, if you noticed early in the season how well or not good they've been playing, it's it's in order of the the year, right? So Jonathan Allen has been playing the best. He's been there the longest. Then Deron Payne has been, you know, he's been decent. And then Montez Sweat, and then Chase Young. Like that's the order in in how they've looked, and and so it was interesting. Just I, I always I harped on this all off season. Yes, we have expectations, but this is only year two of a rebuild. This team is very young, 
and you're start you're seeing a lot of that inexperience come to play. Like Jamal was saying, the run fits were bad, you know, on, on the line, and then the, the linebackers not coming in the field properly where they're supposed to be at. And so all this works in conjunction with each other. And and you're seeing this, you know, in real time, or if you're rewatching the game, and, and Ron is harping on it, like, listen, just do your job. Just don't work, don't you you can't do five jobs. Just do your job. If your job is just to go straight up, go straight up. And and trust that the man behind you is going to do their job. And nobody is like on that defense, nobody's trusting anybody to do their job. Everybody's trying to make the play, like the the Daniel Jones. 50 some yard scamper for the touchdown. This ha- every time he ran the ball to the outside, the same thing happened. Whoever was on that end, their responsibility is that quarterback. They will crash down hard. Like your responsibility is the quarterback and your responsibility is to be there for a cutback. Why are you crashing down so hard? Trust that the guys on the other side of that line are going to do what they're supposed to do. And so it's just frustrating what seeing that I, I know it's only game two but it's just frustrating seeing that over and over and like because the giants really ran that play like five yeah. or six times <laughs> like it's yeah, like after- Allen does look more explosive this year his get yeah. off from the line is different than it was last year yeah. he obviously worked on it but uh explosion wise they and, and i'm gonna tell you that deal is gonna look real good in a year or two it already does it already does from the inside like he he he's you know he's he's nobody's aaron donald but it's look like he's trying to be baby aaron donald uh coming coming from the inside so uh i, I just they just have a lot you know i think they would have been I, I understand why they didn't do it but i think they would have been better off this year bringing in like um, who was it? It was a KJ Wright, uh, the the guy from the Seahawks. Who, yeah, you who know, nobody else is him either, Yeah, like I, I think they would have benefited from bringing in someone like that on that yeah. middle level that could have stabilized that middle level and still had game to play. I know Ron tried it last year with uh Thomas Davis, but Thomas Davis was done. <laughs> you know, he he was done. Uh, KJ Wright still has a lot of game left, as you're seeing in 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 Las Vegas. And I think they would have benefited from having somebody at that important position that could orchestrate and put people in the correct places for that defense and and make sure the linebackers were doing what they were supposed to be doing, because that's a big part of the puzzle. Like, yes, the, the defensive line has been getting out of sorts, but when your linebackers aren't there to erase some of that, it's, it's, it's trouble. It's trouble. Dre, the team could easily be two and zero. They could easily be zero and two. We're sitting here at one and one. How do you prefer to look at it? You know, like, wait, should we be two and zero? Should we be zero and two? Or who cares? I'm just glad we're not zero and two. <laughs> I feel like um, we are where we're supposed to be right now. I mean, because e- each game you can look at and look at a number of things and say if it went this way, it would it could it would have went the other way. You know, like in the Chargers game, you could say, hey, if Antonio Gibson does a fumble, we win the game. Or you could say, if uh, the Giants don't go offside, we lose the game. So I think right now the team is just where they are supposed to be. Um, obviously, th- this is the point of um, time you want to start seeing things get better, like with uh, Pooh and the defensive talk. 
as far as the, you always hear Ron Rivera mention maturity with this team. He speaks about that a lot. Like, and um, you can see it. I mean, there's some guys that need to mature. I mean, whether it's guys that are looking out for themselves and playing um, themselves over the scheme or just guys that just need more reps into the scheme. I think of Jamin Davis for one, like Jamin Davis made a significant improvement just from game one to game two. Now I know some people mentioned that's a small sample of snaps, but so was game one and we killed him in week one, <laughs> you know? So then week two, he goes out there and he has the second highest rated uh, defensive rookie thing for the whole weekend of all defensive rookies. And that was in 20 snaps. So I think the more as the season progresses, you're going to see that guy get better. You know, the more he starts playing with experience, he stops thinking so much and that's going to significantly help the defense because that's going to be one spot that's a weakness right now that should eventually maybe not turn into a strength but it's not going to be the weakness that it is today you know um and then it also you know as we were talking about discipline at some point you're going to start seeing guys get benched you know if they're not going to play within the scheme you're going to see guys get benched and then you're going to have somebody come in like a, a Reeves or a Everett like they did last year when the defense started improving. And that's when you'll see little subtle improvements in the defense. Who, who is that? Do you think like real quick, what, you, what you're talking about here, I think is I saw this right before we got on here that Doc Walker on, on his podcast said that a lot of people on the defense are being, are, are playing freelance and, and not playing within the scheme. Who, who is that? Do you know? I think a lot of people uh, come to the assumption that it's Landon Collins, especially right. when we're just talking he's, about the he's uh, one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when you're talking about the RPOs, he's crashing towards the running back when he's supposed to have outside contained on the quarterback. So, I mean, he did that quite a couple of times, which is why the Giants were able to get away with it. And not only that, you also have to play where Slayton breaks free um, on that pass where everyone's like, how did he get so open? He I think Landon down. Collins is out there. <laughs> he jumped down when he was supposed to stay up. And that could have been him trying to, you know, say for the linebackers weaknesses or whatever, but either way, he's not playing within the scheme. And that's one of the guys that just jumps out immediately to me when I see it. Yeah, no, I, de I definitely noticed that when they when they showed that replay of the Slayton, mm -hmm. you know, they just didn't harp on it because they got away. They they started harping on the fact that Slayton dropped the ball. But right. when, when they showed it from the quarterback's angle, the first thing I noticed was William Jackson passed passed him off. Like and mm -hmm. he his responsibility was if that tight end, because that's the, the where he was at. But you saw Landon Collins, where he 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 took like two steps back and he just jumped in like the ball was going to the tight end. It was like that's not your responsibility. Really, he actually went off about that play on uh, on Instagram. You see that? Oh, did he? Yeah, I, I didn't really. see it, but he probably like, yo, don't blame me. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Was it? I think it was when Josh Norman was here, and you know them defenses were bad, but he will always say. When you see a corner get burnt like that, it isn't always the corner's fault. And people were like, oh, no, we paying you all this money. Whoop, whoop, whoop. But that's what he was talking about. Like, people looking like, William Jackson, you got burnt. What was you doing? That wasn't his responsibility. He did what he was supposed to do. If you didn't see it, go back and try to find it. Pac-Man Jones, I guess, says something about his play. And he went off like, you know, I stole your job. You're the reason why you're not in Cincinnati no more. Like, don't come at me. Uh, I, I got the I got the weekend off. It's a Thursday night. I got plenty of time on my hands. <laughs> Go grab your body. It was Lord hilarious. Mercy. You know, long ass time. Uh, Maul, there, uh, 
the Bills are putting up points on everybody. It's one of the bigger offenses in the league. Quick look ahead. What on earth do we do to keep in the game? Because it's it, we're gonna have to keep up, right? I mean, this is not another this this is not a score a twenty point and win game, is it? Um, we'll definitely have to keep up. Uh, I so I haven't had a chance to really like look at the Bills and and shout out to the NFL Game Pass those uh those a holes for for removing the all twenty two film. Um, and they're making they're just making things much harder on me. Um, and, and all the other people who like to look at the game film. But but what I will say to this point, um, you have to find a way to just uh, literally just temper or or contain this this offense. Uh, and by this offense, I mean Josh Allen because he is the offense for Buffalo Bills. Um, I mentioned like er, really early on uh, of our of our show uh, is that the seven points allowed on the Giants game, the Giants opener, and the Chargers opener um, that has a lot to do with first of all preparation. But secondly, uh, you can make mid-drive adjustments, uh, Mr. Del Rio. Like you don't have to wait until the drive is over or until the or until the half is over to say, all right, this is what we need to do. Um, I think what what kind of hurt this team is just not understanding like who you're going up against. So it seems like the perception. Like you're not understanding you're going up against a Daniel Jones who's a mobile quarterback. You're not understanding that you're going up against Justin Herbert, who can kill you from the pocket. He can kill you and get the ball out in his hand out, out of his hands in less than a half a second if he wanted to. You know, these things are, are just things that you're not prepared for. And for Washington, um, it's something that I noticed late in the game against Daniel Jones um, and the, excuse me, and the Giants was that they had Cam Curl in a QB spiral um, on key downs. Uh, and I think you don't need to waste time when it comes to Josh Allen figuring out what he does best. He's a mobile quarterback. He has a strong arm. But if you're going to if you're going to try and limit him and keep him inside the pocket or make sure that he for, he has he keeps those decisions to inside the pocket or behind the line of scrimmage, you make sure you keep that safety or that linebacker in a spiral from start to finish because there's no need to say, "All right, he's killing us on our legs. Now killing us with his legs. Now we need to adjust." No, you force them to adjust from the get-go versus waiting for them to make make sure that you you figure out what works best. You make sure you bring your start uh you bring your assignment what you want to dictate to the game you bring that from the very opening kickoff and you go from there um it's all it's going to come down to this this uh washington defense being able to 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 stop or contain josh allen if you don't do that then i mean we kind of know the outcome <laughs> yeah i'm 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 making josh allen beat me from the pocket i'm i'm like i'm harping on discipline and containment so heavy this week like Stay in your stay in your holes. Don't don't over, you know, over pursue whoever, whether it's Jamin, Cameron Curl, whoever you're going to have spying. You have to keep him in the pocket and make him beat you from the pocket. You have to. Because he is their running game. Like nobody's scared of their running backs so far this year. So it's all like like Jamal said, he is the offense. Everything should be focused on him because if you limit him, then you don't have to worry about Stefan Diggs going off. You don't have to worry about Cole Be- Beasley going off. If you f- make sure you you contain Josh Allen. So this is going to be, I think this is going to be the test of, of the defense, that front seven. This is going to be their test this week. Like, have you learned, have you watched enough film to learn, to see where you're going? And I think we're also going to see the Landon Collins thing. 
I, I think that's going to be this is going to be a make or break week for Landon. Um, I, I think he came out he, these first two weeks a little too juiced, you know, all hearing all the talk all offseason about his job being taken by Cameron Curl. And, you know, he's coming off the, the Achilles injury and, and, he, and he got back pretty fast. He looked good. But now he's trying to do too much. And if you try to do too much and not do your assignment against the Josh Allen, he's he's Daniel Jones on steroids. OK, <laughs> so he's gone. He's yeah. out of here. If you don't contain him, he's out of here. So I, it's going to be interesting this week. But this is the front sevens test on defense this week is figuring out how to contain Daniel Jones and limit what he can do and what he's best at. And I think if they do that, I think the offense, you know, they, they I think they can get in the mid twenties. I think the mid twenties is about where they where they are right now as far as the offense. I know I, I saw you, Doug. I saw you make it's the really face. Tough to win the game <laughs> in the mid twenties. No, it, 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 it is tough to win the game in the mid twenties. But your defense is supposed to be holding teams or, or limiting teams' opportunities as well. But I think the one the That's one right. thing. The one thing Scott Turner is going to have to figure out very quickly, which I, I saw Kellen Moore figure this out. Dak was throwing the ball 50, 60 times. Yesterday, he threw the ball, ball 27 times. Yeah. They put that thing on the ground because he figured out, okay, I need to control the clock. And that's what Scott Turner has to figure out. Like, your, your defense isn't playing top five right now. You gotta do th- more things. Whether it's the, you know, the 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 short passes that basically work his run plays, or is actually running the ball. You have to control the clock, especially in Buffalo, especially when you're away. Limit. Over five yards of carry for Gibson last game. Look, man, he went away from the run. I don't know why. Like Gibson is one of them backs who look like he gets stronger as the game goes along. But yeah. you go, but you go away from him every time, and it's. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing about the offense for me so far, is that when you have an offensive line that's still gelling, you have a right tackle that's you know over there getting roasted, and pass protection. In pass protection and run grades, this uh, right. Yeah, but you're, but you're not running the ball enough for my right. liking for what your offense is at this point in the season. And I think he's going to have to make that adjustment, especially on the road, because now you have not just the 11 against you that's on the field. You have the have many thousands in the stands that's against you as well. And that's the calming force is being able to road grade. So we'll see what they do. Dre, this will be the first road start for Heineke, which is kind of crazy thinking about how long he's been in the league. What has he got to do to keep this team on track against the Bills on Sunday? Because he's actually up there. Like, if you look at the uh, yards uh, for quarterbacks in their first couple of games, I mean, he's, like, in the top five right now. If he's, if he's not number one, it's, it's been kind of crazy. Because they're not running the ball. <laughs> well, you know, um, to speak to Pooh's point, kind of, in a sense, I thought in the first game they did run the ball a little bit more because some, some fans were actually complaining they were a little too conservative in the first game. But I thought that had a lot to do with the pass protection. Um, they, was, they were really struggling in that game, so they had to run a little bit more. Um, and as you see, Dallas, they saw the tape on that. And they said, oh, yeah, we could run on the charges because uh, Washington had a little success running on them. But then the second game against the Giants, 
I thought they used the passing game as an extension of the run game a lot in that game, which is why you saw Adam Humphreys with seven receptions for 44 yards. Like he was getting a lot of those short dump offs on first downs to get five or six yards, which is cool. If you can get five or six yards on a first down, that's fine. Um, and I thought that's what the game plan called for because the, the they, they attacked the Giants defense. I thought the way you needed to, I mean, 400, over 400 yards of total offense. So I wasn't too mad at the game plan. I mean, I questioned that late pick, of course, like all, all of us did, because that was just bad. But other than that, I thought they had a pretty, good game plan and it's going to come now with the bills it's going to be interesting about how this game's going to go because the giants um they wanted taylor heineke to play quarterback like our game plan should be against josh allen that was the giants game plan for taylor heineke they wanted him to stay in the pocket and they didn't want him to use his legs because they didn't think he could beat them from the pocket and he carved them up all game long so i don't think the i don't think that's going to be the bills game plan i watched the bills dolphins game yesterday and they send the kitchen sink at you. Like from the beginning of that game, Tua didn't even have a second to gather himself after he snapped the ball before someone was on his ass. They were sending safeties and um, cornerbacks on blitzes early in the game. And that's how he got hurt. And they they kept that pressure up on Jacoby Brissett all game. So I'm wondering if the Bills are going to send pressure at him like they did against that Dolphins team. And if that's going to be the case, then Heineke is going to probably have to use his legs a lot more than he did in the Giants game. But it's encouraging to know what Heineke that he can't he shows that he can beat you two ways but he can beat you from the pocket or he can beat you with his legs but like i said it's a much tougher opponent this is his first road start so we don't want him to do too much we i mean you know don't be a hero stay within this um concept feel the pressure and if you need to try to get outside but we don't want to have him running for his life all day long we want him to stay composed and just make good decisions with the football keep us in the game everything doesn't have to be a big play but like I said, he just has to play level. Jamal, Turner, you guys have got go ahead, bro. My oh bad. my bad. Scott Turner better have the uh the screen package out this week on offense. Um <laughs> yes, yeah, if, I agree. If, if I Buffalo's agree. gonna bring the bring the house like they was bringing it yesterday, them wide receiver screens, running back screen, like he tight end screens, he better have the screen package ready to go. Yep. As soon as he if he start if he see them start coming. Okay, check it to that screen. Let's go. Because that's <laughs> that's what the screen was made for. It's the blitz beater. So sure. that's you better have it ready. Better have it ready this week. Who I don't know if you're familiar with what these guys got going on. Jamal, tell them a little bit about what you guys are doing because the show is interesting. You you've got the podcast, but you're doing Twitch now. You've got it set up for people to call, right? Tell us a little bit about what's going on because it's really cool what you guys are doing. Yeah, so uh, the Trapper Die podcast is, I mean, mainly it's a, it's a podcast, obviously, but uh, the, our concept, um, as, as all, when you think about Twitch, you think about the gaming, um, and, and obviously that's the, the, the primary feature that they, they emphasize on Twitch, but then they're also diving down the realm of, of music, sports, um, and fitness as well. And uh, I'm, I'm sticking to the sports realm and what people uh, kind of miss out it's not a bad thing. I mean, you can always tune into the podcast, but when, when you when you tune into the live stream, uh, it allows you to to have that real time interaction, like uh, as opposed to YouTube. And you could do YouTube live, but at the same time, sometimes you're doing watch alongs of your show <laughs> on YouTube. Whereas Twitch, you can kind of you can be a part of the show at any given moment uh, via the comments, via calling in. Um, and that's kind of the feature that I kind of set up 
for for our for our stream on certain days we we uh we do call in so we can all just talk everybody who's a supporter of the show or everybody who just loves tuning in you know you had that opportunity to talk whatever it is uh, that you want to get off your chest as it relates to watching the football team so uh twitch gives us that platform to um do the live stream uh and allow everybody to be a part of the show at any given moment um whether it's the comment or being able to call in and um that's kind of what we got going on there so we'll you know we'll see where it goes but we're, we're still building it up but things are things are good right now with the the environment and the community that uh people people are looking forward to with when it comes to Washington football and stuff like that and, and Manny what day what days are you guys doing now uh we well we do what Monday through Thursday like Jamal does mostly Mondays uh by itself with a couple of call-ins I joined uh shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well as AJ um all three of us well AJ when he can so um yeah we you can catch us every Tuesdays and Thursdays and Mondays and Jamal also does Wednesdays as well with his all NFL podcast this is, is trap or die Trap, trap, trap or dive. dive. You remember young trap Jesus? I'm about to say, I'm about to say, but see, Pooh, that's Pooh's hip. He know, he knows, he knows, he he gets yeah. the play on words. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Oh yeah, now I'm I'm gonna add y'all. I don't really be on Twitch heavy, but I, I do have a Twitch account, so I'm gonna make sure I add y'all so I can get the notifications when when y'all okay. go on. Yeah, Monday through Thursday, and then we're back on game days too, pregame and postgame. So that's okay. that's that's the best part of it, man. Nice. And, tell, and tell them real quick where to find you guys on Twitter. So you can find me, uh, for those who are looking at the, the YouTube, um, it's my name, Jamal, but it's, it's Let Maul Tell It. Uh, make sure that you is in there because you ain't going to find me if you don't put the you in there. <laughs> but it's Let Maul Tell It on, on Twitter, man. And me, you can find me at DC Sports Dre on Twitter. And like I said, you can find me on the Trap or Dive podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays and post games and pre games. And I also have a blog that I've been doing recently where I'm just putting out content relevant to the team, whether it's for history of the team or just present team. So, you know, we, I'm putting out some stuff for y'all. Nice. Nice. The, the blog, I read the, the blog, it was, it was really well written. I appreciate really well written. that. Nice. All right, fellas. Well, on to, uh, to Buffalo. What's your part? Here we come. <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all for having me, and Audrey, as well. Yeah, really appreciate y'all, man. Ah, no problem. Thank y'all, fellas. Y'all have a good one. Hey, you too, man. Thanks. All appreciate right. it. Peace.